This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's take God's word and go to the gospel according to Mark and the fourth chapter. And chapter number five, rather, chapter number five, Mark chapter number five. Thank you, Casey, for that song. That was a blessing. Thank you, choir. That was a tremendous blessing. It's good to be in God's house today, isn't it? Amen. And I'm thankful that I have a Savior. I'd like to invite you to look with me, beginning in Mark chapter five and verse number one. We'll read verses one through 20 this morning. And I want to encourage you to read along with me so that you will uh, understand uh, what is happening in this passage and we'll see the great power of the Lord Jesus Christ as it is demonstrated in the life of a demon-possessed man. In Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he had said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh into the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine, and they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might 
be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish it in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we uh, look into your word, that you would quicken our hearts, that we might receive what you have for us, that you might remove every distraction from our mind, and help us to hear from you. Reveal to us and to each and every one of us our need for you and what it is that you would have us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this fifth chapter, we see three notable miracles take place. And we see uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is confronted by three of uh, humanity's greatest problems. We see him confronted by demons or unclean spirits. You see, every man has an adversary. He's the devil. And he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and he has a host, an angelic host, that rebelled against God with him in heaven and have been cast out and cast down. And those demonic forces, they serve the devil to oppress mankind. And so we see the Lord Jesus dealing with these three great enemies. Number one, demons. Number two, disease. As we're going to meet a woman in this fifth chapter who had an issue of blood. And she will get to Jesus and he will heal her. And then death will find out that there's a girl who was sick and who died. But we're going to find that Jesus will raise her from the dead and give her life. Three of mankind's greatest enemies, demons, disease, and death. And in this fifth chapter, we're going to see the Lord Jesus in his power to deliver us from these great enemies. In our text this morning, we, we read that the disciples have now arrived. Remember the storm? <laughs> How the Lord Jesus Christ revealed himself in great power to his disciples that night upon the stormy sea when he said, peace. Be still when he rebuked the winds and uh, he told the sea, peace be still. And they feared greatly. They said, what manner of man is this? Well, it's the son of God. And so we see him now coming through that storm and now on the other side and immediately he is confronted by a man, the Bible says, who has an unclean spirit. That word unclean means impure a defiled spirit. It speaks of the demonic forces uh, that exist. And so already in this earthly ministry, as Mark has recorded for us, the Lord Jesus, at least on two occasions that we know directly of, has confronted the devil. First of all, in his temptation in the wilderness, when Satan himself tempted Jesus, and the Lord Jesus Christ overcame Satan in that temptation. Then as he ministers in the synagogues, we read that there was a man who was demon-possessed who cried out in the midst of his message as he preached to them and he rebuked that, 
that demonic spirit and it came out of the man. Now we find in chapter number five, when Jesus arrives on the other side of the sea, immediately the devil is confronting him again. I want to say this to you. Anyone who is seeking to do the Lord's work and the Lord's will will be confronted by spiritual oppression and spiritual wickedness as Satan opposes the work of God. And so don't let the, the attacks of the devil confound you to the point that you're ready to quit in despair, but understand that Satan will only oppose those who are seeking to live for God and glorify God and carry out the work that God has given to be done. Uh, one of our men said to me this morning, it, says, it seems like Satan is fighting our efforts. And I want to tell you, I've sensed that very thing this week myself. That's why I've encouraged you as a church that we need to be praying for the next 90 days fervently. We need to be sowing the seed. We don't just need to play defense. We need to go on the offensive with the message of the gospel. But know this, when you go forward in your Christian life, when you seek to serve God, the devil will oppose you. And so it shouldn't surprise us. And I know that the Lord Jesus Christ was in no way surprised, not only because of his deity, but also in his humanity as he sought to do the will of the Father. He was, no, well, he was in no way surprised by the uh, opposition of the devil. And as we come to this text, we're going to see that the Lord Jesus delivered the demon-possessed man. We're going to see later that he delivered the diseased woman. And we're going to see finally after that, that he delivered the dead girl. But this morning, we're just going to look at verses 1 through 20 and consider this topic, Jesus delivered the demon-possessed man. I want you to note three things as we look at this text. First of all, I want you to see the power of Satan. The power of Satan. We see it in verse number 2. As this man comes to the Lord Jesus, the Bible said, And when he was come out of the ship immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But we see in these verses the destructive power and influence of demonic forces upon mankind. I want you to know that the devil hates you. He hates your family. He hates God's people. He hates God's church. He hates the children your children, the children that we're endeavoring to reach. You see, Satan is trying to strike a blow against God by striking it against the prize of his creation, that is man made in his image. And Satan is seeking by his power to mar the image of God in which man was made. And so we find this man who was possessed by a demon, but not just any demon, not just by one demon, but by a multitude of demons. 
Uh, notice what the man said when the Lord Jesus asked him of his name. In verse number nine, he said, my name is Legion for we are many. Now a Roman legion contained between 4,000 and 6,000 troops. And when the Lord Jesus confronted this demon, he said to the demon, what is your name? He said, it's not just one of us, and the Lord knew that, it's a legion of us. Here is a man who is possessed by a multitude of demonic spirits. He said, for we are many. Now, this demonic force upon the life of this man affected him greatly. I want you to see, he dwelt among the tombs, the Bible tells us. He lived among the dead. The Bible goes on to tell us that no man could bind him. They couldn't bind him with chains. They couldn't put fetters upon his feet and his hands. He had supernatural strength, and he broke those chains, and they couldn't bind him. The Bible tells us that no man could tame him. His doctor couldn't help him. His psychologist couldn't help him. The institutions that existed uh, to, uh, to attend to his needs, they couldn't help him. He'd been passed through the system and there was no help for this man and he was just left to himself. The Bible says night and day in the tombs, in the mountains, crying, howling, screaming out and cutting himself, marring his body. This is the demonic influence. This is uh, the devilish influence upon humanity to shroud them in darkness and cause them to inflict harm upon themselves. And here's a man who nobody could help. He's beyond any uh, man's ability to, to minister to him, to help him, to, to care for him. And so we find him as a madman, as a demon-possessed man, roaming the mountains, living in the tombs, Screaming! Can you imagine hearing the blood-curdling screams of this man and how uneasy it could have been? Can, can you imagine uh, your children living in that community knowing that kind of man was running wild and nobody could hold him back? You couldn't incarcerate him. You couldn't do anything with him. That was this man. Because of the destructive influence and power of the devil. But the Bible tells us in verse number six, this man who was beyond all human help, this man who had no hope. The Bible says in verse number six, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. We understand that while the demons exerted great influence on this man, there was something, some measure of humanity in him that would allow him to get to Jesus. But even when he does, we're going to find there's a battle that ensues between these demonic forces and even this man's heart. You see, he's bound and he's in darkness. Notice the conversation that takes place uh, in verse number six. The demons came, the man possessed with the demons came and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? Now, this is not the man speaking. These are the demons in the man speaking. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Here we find that though these demons had great power and though they were a great 
host of demons, and they had brought great destruction in the life of this man. Here we find that their power is limited. Their power is limited. They, they, they express to the Lord Jesus that they know a time of torment is coming. Let me tell you, the devil knows he's a defeated foe. And all his demonic hosts understand that judgment awaits them. And they go on to answer him about who they are and the multitude of demons that are possessing this man, that are influencing this man. And they ask the Lord Jesus, they, they ask him, the Bible says in verse 10, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. See, that we find here that the, the devil has power, but he doesn't have unlimited power. His power is restrained and confined. He is subjected under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see that these, these demons, they, 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 they have a great fear. Number one, their fear is that, that they would be cast out of the country. The, apparently there was some there was some level of comfort or some level of fear that they had that caused them not to want to be cast out of the country. There's some wicked hierarchy the Bible tells us of in Ephesians chapter 6. Some demonic hierarchy that Satan himself has instituted and we find these, uh, these hierarchies are divided by regions and, and principalities and we find that whatever hierarchy these demons are under, whatever place they're in, they do not want to go to the next place. So they said, don't cast us out of the country. And don't torment us before the time. And so they said, cast us into the swine, the pigs. And so he sent them there. The Bible tells us in verse number 13, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000, 2,000 pigs infested by the demons that inhabited one man. Remember, a legion between four and 6,000. If there were 6,000 demonic spirits in that man, you say, explain that, Pastor. I can't explain that. I can tell you I believe it because the Bible tells it. I can tell you that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe in a literal devil, and I believe in spiritual wickedness in high places because I've confronted it, and so have you. We have a, a whole entertainment industry that is infatuated by it. And by the way, while I, I acknowledge the power of demonic forces, I don't want to encourage anyone to have an unhealthy preoccupation with them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Have a preoccupation with Jesus. Sing about Jesus. I, I've had times where I believe the devil and his forces have opposed me and I sense their presence in a real way. And in those times, I just remind them that Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. And I want you to know, you may, you, you know, you think about this guy and you say, well, he, he was a madman. He, uh, he was a stark raving lunatic possessed by demons. I'm nothing like that. 
Well, let me tell you, you and I and him all have the same problem. We're sinners. Now, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you got the spirit of God living in you. You, you cannot be possessed by a demon because you're possessed by the Holy Spirit. But I do want you to know, even though you're a Christian, you can be oppressed by demon. They resist the work of God. None of us would have went up and challenged that guy to a fight. We wouldn't have done it. But when he met Jesus, he came under a power greater than himself and greater than the demons that possessed him. And just think about how powerful they were. They caused 2,000 pigs to run into the sea and they were drowned. Here we see the power of Satan. I want you to note secondly the power of Christ. Aren't you glad for the power of Christ? In verse number six, when the man sees Jesus, what does he do? He runs to him and he worships him. This man who had been suffering so greatly because of the destructive power of the demons was about to experience the delivering power of Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus did not come to destroy men's lives. He came to seek and to save those which are lost. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 13. He, speaking of Jesus, hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I want you to know that all people who do not know the Lord Jesus are influenced and under the power of darkness. And the moment that the light penetrates our soul and the Holy Spirit reveals to us our sinful condition and the Holy Spirit reveals to us who Jesus is, the Son of God, and we put our faith and trust in him, in that moment, the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. We are made new creatures. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. No longer does Satan have an avenue into our lives. We have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We've been born again. Amen. We, we've been delivered from the bondage of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And John wrote to us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, he, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we see that while these demons had power over the man, Jesus Christ had great power over them. In verse 7, we see that they feared him. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. These demons feared Jesus, and they were subject to him. They could not move without his permission. And so they said, please, don't, don't send us out of this region. Don't send us out of this country, but send us into the swine. And only after the Lord Jesus gave them leave did they enter into the swine. And now in verse 15, we see this man. After the swine ran violently down the, the mountain into the waters, <laughs> the keepers of the swine saw that. They went into the village and they told the men of Gadara what had happened. And they all came out to see it. Look at verse 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. Now notice how they find him. They had only heard this man crying in the night, running through the mountains, living in the tombs, cutting himself, doing great damage to his body. And when they see him after Jesus has cast out these devils, how do they find him? Well, they find him first of all sitting. Here's a man who hadn't sit still in quite a while. 
And now he's sitting. You know why he's sitting? Because he's at rest. He's been delivered from the power of darkness. He's at rest. He's not disturbed. He's not anxious. He, he, he's at rest in the Lord. He is at peace with God. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, is now keeping his heart and mind. We find him clothed. You see, the Bible tells us in other, in other gospel records concerning this man that he was naked. He was running through these, these mountains and living in the tombs unclothed. But now we find him clothed. He's covered. His shame is removed. He is wearing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they heard the voice of God coming to them. What did they do? They ran and they hid. And God said, why are you hiding? <laughs> they said, because we are naked. Who told you you were naked? You see, once we sin against God, we're exposed. Our shame and the reproach. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, our sin is forgiven. The record of our sin has been removed by the blood of Christ. And we now wear the righteous robes of Jesus. He imputes to us his righteousness. He doesn't see us in our sin. He sees us as righteous. So we find this man who's been delivered from the power of demons, who's now been filled with the power of Christ, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. It'd been quite a long time since the man had been in his right mind. Now notice the reaction of the people who came to see him in the village. The Bible says, and they, verse 15, and they were afraid. Uh, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think they would have been afraid of the man. The man that was crying and screaming, breaking the chains and the fetters, the man who dwelt among the tombs. No doubt they were afraid of him. But when they saw him sitting clothed and in his right mind at the feet of Jesus, and when they heard the story of how that Jesus rebuked the demons and cast them out and into the swine, and the swine ran violently down the hill into the waters. The Bible said when they heard all of that and they saw the man, they were afraid. You see, when confronted by, these, by the power of Christ, the demons feared and they fled. But when confronted by the power of Christ, the men of Gadara feared and they asked Jesus to flee from them. Because the same light, the same light which draws some, which attracts many, is the same light that repels others. Go with me into the gospel according to John. John chapter number three. We'll look quickly there. John chapter number three. Beginning in verse number 16. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I tell you that man, that demon-possessed man, Jesus loved him. Jesus did not come to say to that demon-possessed man, you need to straighten up. He didn't come to say, what in the world did you do to cause those demons to have access into your life? You shouldn't have done that. No, he loved him, and he came to deliver him. Jesus came to die for that man so that that man could have everlasting life. He didn't want that man to perish. 
He wanted that man to live. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Here's something very important for all of us to know, is that Jesus did not come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. Jesus came to save us from condemnation. Verse 17, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this, verse 19, is the condemnation. Notice this, please. Light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Do you know what we find? We find that the men of Gadara were as in the dark and in bondage to sin and the demonic influences of Satan as the maniac of Gadara. Because when confronted with Jesus and his power, they said, wait a minute. We don't like this. We like our pigs. We like our swine. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament scripture, you understand that a Jew couldn't eat a pig. It was condemned and unclean. It was against the law of God. So they had no business hurting pigs. Now we find that the Gadarenes were a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And so there were a lot of influences in those days against the law of God and the truth of God's word. And these people were now living in this the type of age of compromise. But they thought more about their swine and their sin. And when they saw the power of God, they said, could you just leave? Could, could, could you just leave? You know what's happening in our country? We have a, we have a movement afoot a demonically inspired movement of darkness that has infiltrated every institution of our society. And here's what they're saying to Jesus and to his disciples. Could you just leave? We don't like seeing our pigs in the water dead. We could live with that man but we can't live with you. The power of Christ. And then I want you to see the third thing, the power of a transformed life. Amen. You see, this man was oppressed by the demons, but the Lord Jesus delivered him. The people said, wait a minute, we don't like that. You, 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 you need to go on. The man said, wait a minute, <laughs> don't leave me, Jesus. I want to go with you. Look at it, if you would, please. In verse, uh, verse number 18. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. <laughs> that, the crowd saying, hey, <laughs> You need to leave. The man's saying, don't leave me. I want to be with you. 
And so we see here that God has transformed this man's life. And, and the man says, I, I, I want to be among your disciples. I, I, I want to follow you. I, I want to be with you. Verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not. Others he'd said to them, follow me. This man says, I want to follow you. And Jesus, the Bible says, suffered him not. We might think that's strange, but then we see what Jesus has in mind for him. Verse 19, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. He said, I got a job for you. I've changed your life. I've delivered you from the power of those demons and from the influence of those demons. I, I've delivered you from the bondage that you had to your sin and your iniquity. I've changed you. I've made you pure and right and holy. I've made a new creature out of you. Now I've got a job for you. You go to your friends. You go back home to the people who know you, the people who love you, the people who've been praying for you, the people who've probably, probably long since given up on you. And you tell them what I've done for you. That's the job. Because they weren't there to see it. They might have heard about it. Did you hear about Joe? Joe, what, he die? What happened to him? No. He's back in town. Oh, no. He's back. Oh, yeah, but it's okay. He's changed. He's not cutting himself. He's not screaming. He's back at home. He's got a job. He's nice. He's going to the synagogue. You're kidding. No, I'm telling you the truth. What happened? Jesus delivered him Amen. from the demons. I got to see this for myself. Where's Joe? He's down at the diner. Let's go. Joe, it's true. Oh, yes, let me tell you all about it. I met the man called Jesus. And he delivered me from the demons. And now I'm at peace in my heart. Now I'm not living among the dead. I'm part of the living. I have life and purpose. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got some clothes on. They look nice too, don't they? Oh, they do, Joe. You look good. And I'm in my right mind. And the Bible said when he began to publish in Decapolis, that's a region of 10 cities, how great things Jesus had done for him. All men did marvel. You remember in Acts chapter 3, that lame man sitting at the beautiful gate? He'd been there for years begging. 
One day Peter and John come through and the man asks for something, just a little bit of money, make it through the day, get some more food to have enough strength to get through the day to get back to it the next day. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that man immediately, the Bible said, received strength in his feet and his ankle bones. He stood up. He, he began to walk. He began to leap and run. And the people saw him and they said, wait a minute, who is that? That's the guy that's the beggar. He's been sitting here every day for years. Look at him. Those little withered feet and ankles and legs, those little withered bones, just skin and bones. Now there's muscle and strength there. And this guy's running and leaping and praising God. And they said, what's happened? Well, he was talking to those guys. So they all surround Peter and John. And Peter and John said, ye men, why look ye stead? Why are you looking at us as if we, by our power, have done this? They said, we want you to know this man is made whole because of his faith in the name of Jesus Christ, who you crucified. And they heard the message. They heard the message. And thousands of people came to Jesus that day because they saw the power of a transformed life. I want you to know, not everybody's going to see when Jesus delivers the demoniac. But they're going to see the demoniac who's been delivered. And they're going to hear what he has to say. And so I want to say to our church, Satan is working and continues to work against the souls of mankind. And he will oppose the work of God. But the power of Christ is greater. And maybe today you're a person as an unbeliever who's never received the forgiveness of sin. And today you need to come and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Experience the delivering power of Christ over the darkness of sin. And maybe today as a believer you find yourself ensnared again by the power of darkness. There are things in your life that you cry out one moment for God to forgive you and cleanse you, and in the next, you embrace it. You need the hand of God to deliver you from the bondage of sin. Would you come and ask him? Confess it to him, and he'll deliver you. Do you believe he's able to deliver you? Oh, he's able. He's so able. But you must trust him. And you must come to him. And then as a believer whose life has been transformed, it's our job. It's our responsibility to go out and publish what great things God has done for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. 
That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.